0: Everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. I have a super special guest with me today, and his name is Dr. Tariq Hassanin. And Dr. Tariq Hassanin, introduce yourself. Tell my audience a little bit about who you are and your specialty and what you do for patients.
1: Okay. Thank you very much for your introduction. Uh, I'm Dr. Tariq Hassanin. I'm a both certified internal medicine physician, both certified in gastroenterology, and in liver transplant. So you can call me a gastroenterologist, hepatologist, or a hepatologist transplant specialist. Uh, so I spent my entire career in in liver disease, and uh, the standard way of getting into liver disease is going to internal medicine before you get in gastroenterology. Then you spend a couple of years in liver disease uh, transplants, so you can learn everything about liver from A to Z and how it interacts with the gastrointestinal tract and the GI, and that's in itself, especially these days. Um, um, I, I practice in Southern California, and I particularly in San Diego, we established Southern California liver GI and liver centers and we are up to seven centers. So um, we have three of them in San Diego, one in Orange County, one in Riverside County, and, uh, all the way to Palm Springs. And we go to uh, east of San Diego uh, in uh, Central and Calexico. And the practice started with one center, and the, and the growth was related to the uh, needs in the community for liver specialists who can dedicate their time to manage chronic liver disease. And the most common diseases that you hear about all the time is chronic viral hepatitis C, hepatitis, hepatitis B. Nowadays, it's NASH and alcohol-related liver disease. It's all the way to end-stage liver disease, particularly from alcohol. So we are the center of excellence for managing alcoholic. And alcohol induced liver diseases with all types. Now we take them all the way to transplant, and I'm a medical director of liver transplant for the UC at San Diego uh, Sharp Combined Liver Transplant Program.
0: Wow. That is pretty incredible. So you're an internal medicine, gastroenterology, and transplant hepatology physician board certified.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Pretty that is a lot of school. And then on top of that, you've opened seven centers for liver disease. That's pretty incredible. And doing all these liver transplants and dealing with these complicated disease and patient cases, like you mentioned, hepatitis, fatty liver. I know working with these types of patients takes a lot of really specialized care. And then on top of that, you're running these seven centers. So that's pretty amazing. But would you say? makes your approach to kind of raising awareness to liver disease and really tackling some of these complications that patients might face and trying to treat really complicated liver disease patients? What is your approach to patient care and what do you think has made you so successful as a physician in treating these patients? You you
1: can imagine uh, when we started this and over the years, it became very obvious that if you Uh, place the patient's interest and health as the focus of our approach, then that really gets you to understand the disease process and how you manage it. The good news is we're dealing with an organ that once you help it, it recovers because it has a tremendous ability for regeneration. So you can imagine wow. with the right support, I can get these bad livers to get better to the extent that they function within the normal ranges. So that's, that was the focus of our approach, and we call that the HALO, H-A-L-O, which stands for Health and Liver Optimization. So if we, yeah, if we focus okay. on each patient, and put them into our HALO approach. You can imagine we can get improvement in their general conditions. So to give you an example, if someone has chronic hepatitis C that causes damage to the liver, we treat the virus, but not only the virus, we treat the body as a whole, and we treat the the different organs. We manage their diabetes, we manage their cholesterol, we we'll manage other things. All these things together get the patient to improve the liver function. So getting rid of the virus is one piece, which is very important. But taking care of the other comorbid issues is very important to help the recovery of the liver. So what really helped us is establishing the concept of phalo. And, and immediately the patient starts to feel the benefits. And we got more and more patients and we opened more and more centers.
0: Wow. That's definitely a, a really unique instance, because when you mention comorbidities, that raises different challenges. You have to make sure that you're having this overall comprehensive approach. How do certain treatments align with other medications and treatments? And I really like the way you talked about treating the body as a whole, not just treating the virus itself but really kind of focusing even on the other organs. So that's pretty incredible. And again, you guys, I have an additional host with me today and that's my partner, Justin Knight. Justin, what do you think?
2: Um, Yeah, I actually had a, uh, a question kind of as you're talking about that halo approach and as you wrapped up that statement, how it's kind of allowed you to expand to seven centers. What would you say with this um, approach that you're taking with not just looking just at the disease state, but at the health as a whole? How have you gone about... I guess, reaching more patients with this philosophy that's allowed you to expand like you have. I know a lot of our listeners are focused on kind of uh, their providers and they're either looking to grow or, or develop um, new ways to improve their patient care. So wh- what have you found that's been effective over these years to get you to where you are now in terms of being able to take care of the amount of patients that you are? What do you think is, has led to that success?
1: I, I think the, the the key factor here is the dedication and 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 keeping the 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 patient the center or the focus of the in the center. So we are focusing on the patient's needs. And instead of of believing that you can have four or five specialists dealing with one condition for the condition with comorbidities you try to make it um, a, a focused management and a comprehensive and a yeah. comprehensive care
2: interesting that, that makes a lot of sense and i bet as you've gone along the years with the approach that you have it's probably has kind of a spider web effect as far as word of mouth because patients uh, i'm sure feel like because of the approach that you're taking, that you're not just treating them and sending them on, along their way, that you're helping them kind of through this whole entire process, which I'm sure just aids in the continued growth of the practice.
1: The, the the key thing, the key thing is there's a lot of liver disease in the community, and there's very few individuals that deal with it or are interested in dealing with it, and and that's normal. Okay. That's interesting no to expect because it requires a, a lot of resources and it requires the understanding of the early types of diseases all the way to end-stage organ disease and transplant. Over the years, we've done that experience. Wow. No, that makes sense. And so when we moved from academic centers to the private sector and the community, we built all these relationships. We build the relationship with the primary care physicians so they can have quick access to the specialty care. That's great. We build for the specialty care the units and the hospital relationships with the hospital physicians. So when a patient of ours gets to be hospitalized, we're still involved in their care. So that's continuity of care. Then we built the third piece, which is if a patient ends with liver failure and liver and their only option is transplant, we built that relationship in connecting the patient to the transplant and co-managing the patient with the transplant surgeons, and that's continuity of care. And then once they get through the surgery, they get a new liver, they need care after transplant. They are back into our outpatient clinics. That's the, the halo. So you see the, the circle that we call halo? And, oh, and yeah. We take it ah. from the beginning all the way to the end to transplant back into the system. So so we have patients now with us over 25 years. that They got a the transplant 25 years wow. ago, and they're still doing very well. And we became the... The doctors, we became we became their family, and they became our patients that support us uh, uh, everywhere. So, so that model is talked about theoretically, but now we have an example in Southern California, on liver Centers, to prove it can work well, and financially it's feasible. The issue that other doctors feel that maybe financially that's not feasible. No. We have proven that right. we can survive, grow, excel, deliver the best care, and our patients look great, you know, when you get them through all this process and they actually appreciate it. Their appreciation is our energy. You can imagine, you know, when when the patient wow. comes and talks about it and they have been with us for years, that gives you more energy to help the next patient than the patient after that.
0: Oh, definitely. It's everything when your patients are your voice and your reputation because you've devoted such unique care. And I really want to kind of piggyback on what you said about building these relationships that improve patient care, because I teach my physician liaisons about the importance of connecting with your referring physicians and mutual patient care and how it can really improve the overall growth for not only the program and the practice, but it just, like you said, creates this cycle. Of unique and excellent patient care. You've built a relationship with your referring providers. You've co managed with transplant surgeons. You're always in the communication with continuing care, and then you even have them back. After post-transplant surgery. And all of that takes really unique relationship and authentic relationship building. And you mentioned that it's really led to a big part of your success in opening these centers and kind of maybe even competing with large organizations or hospital centers. Um, Because maybe some of these independent physicians, like you said, may have the fear of the cost aspect of all these resources, but maybe they need to start thinking about building these relationships to help avoid that cost aspect so they can compete with large hospital organizations and resources. That's is that
1: correct. correct. And, and, and uh, you don't know how rewarding that is uh, as individuals who go into medical care and medical practice and physicians. They, they went in from the early beginning because they believe they want to serve the patients. And when you get the feedback from the patients, it is very rewarding and professionally, emotionally, psychologically, and in career that your patients are getting better and your patients, you know, working with you and they appreciate your, your service.
0: I mean, there's got to be nothing more rewarding, not only to see the improvement on paper and, and them actually feel better and like you said, heal and regenerate the organ, but then to have them talk to you and let you know all that hard work and and all that you've done has made such a difference, not only in quality of life, but saved their life. So that's a pretty incredible experience.
2: And Dr. Hassanine, what have you, because you mentioned there's just so many aspects that you're dealing with kind of on the... Patient care continuum and so many things that you're coordinating both internally with all the stuff that y'all offer, depending on where the patient lands on that care spectrum and if they need a liver transplant or if they just need continued care. What, if you, if there are any listeners out there, as you even spoke to for a long time, this has been thought of not really feasible to do, even from a financial standpoint, what have you found that helps? F- keep all of these moving parts together, so to speak? Is it software, just your EMR? Is it team coordination? What have you found that's really helped as you've gone about pulling this off to, um, Keep the communication lines open. Make sure that the patient care doesn't get dropped at any point. What do you have any good advice there? Do you
0: have
1: physician liaisons in
0: the field? Are you working? That's
1: exactly what I was going to say. It's a combination of uh, electronic medical records so everyone is seeing what the other is doing, and and the patient liaison. So you can imagine being a physician. We are very busy running around, seeing a lot of patients and trying to focus on patient care. But at the same time, you cannot uh, uh, dismiss communication because the, the care improves with proper communication. And if I'm not the one person communicating, <laughs> I need someone to communicate to help me in this communication. These patients have been working for me since the early beginning in my practice. So, so, we have established this, and we actually established it at all different levels. To the extent that I have someone in my office who plays that role, and now the hospital that we use, one of them, our main hospitals, now hired a patient liaison, where when my when when uh-huh. we need the patient to go to the hospital and not to go through. the standard workups because we already have done that and we don't want to duplicate because duplication is more stress on the patient. Duplication is more stress on the economics and the insurance and all this. These communications and the patient liaison helps tremendously in saying, okay, we have seen this patient as an outpatient. Here's a copy of all the labs. He needs to go to the hospital for that specific Service of that specific support. And, and so you cut down a lot of these steps that if a patient shows up without all this, they would go through many hours in the emergency room, many workups some blood sampling, and radiology, many consults that you might that the patient might not need. it. So patients live right. on becoming an integral part of managing chronic diseases and avoiding duplication wow. and the, our hospital saw the benefit. So they ended supporting that position to help us uh, with, the, with the care of our patients.
0: Uh, I could not agree more. As you know, I train and consult physician liaisons across the country, but I love how you put that about the continuing care, making the connection, but really kind of becoming an extension of the patient care Especially process. Especially so for
1: chronic diseases, chronic liver disease, chronic heart failure, bad diabetes, bad COPD, all these chronic diseases that requires a lot of attention. They need that position in place, and it is very helpful. And again, guess what? You know, if I want to call the patient at any time, they communicate with the patient. They, you know, I tell them, you know, we need to fix this medicine. So definitely, they help us, and they help us in writing protocols of management, updating the protocols. So all these things are benefits that initially you don't think about it, but as the that the position grow into their disease you find out how they can help at all levels in a holistic way. Eating habits, exercise habits, medication compliance and adherence, medications uh, uh, interaction with each other. Some other doctor can prescribe the medicine but this, our patients know they have to treat it with us and that is very helpful. With my liaison, we get notified immediately. We give a quick response so the patient is not waiting for days and days for an answer. And then they get more confused about the issues.
0: Oh, the benefit. It's so amazing, too. Like you mentioned, the communication aspect of it, too, to help you with patient care is pretty incredible. What advice do you have? As a physician with these successful centers, uh, Southern California Liver Centers, and your liaisons that you manage, for other physicians considering on bringing on this physician liaison aspect to help improve patient care and build relationships that has helped you not only, like you said, improve communication, work with the patient, um, but what advice do you have for them as they bring on liaisons to help make sure their liaisons are exactly what you said, that true extension for chronic disease care for their patients? The the
1: whole thing, every doctor wants help. The question comes down, does the health pays for itself or not? We all know that if I have extra help, that will improve patient care. That the, The challenge is when I ask for extra help and I have to pay for it and it will cost me money, Am I capable uh-huh. to do that or not? That's the true question out there. Okay. And, and the doctor need to aspect. look okay. at it in a way that the doctor who's spending half an hour after each patient's visit to, to fix the notes and to uh, uh, do more uh, talking about the medication and the side effects and to coordinate the care can spend that half an hour seeing another patient. That payment for the second patient could pay the the helper, the liaison person. So financially, when we looked at this in the 90s, especially in managing chronic hepatitis C, which required a lot of hand-holding and and cheering the patients to stick to the medication, we found it was cost-effective to have my, you know, physician liaison and physician coordinators to help in the management of patients. So quality of care improves, outcomes definitely improves, patient satisfaction improves, and these are very big markers these days or metrics for reimbursement for physicians, and with the patient on, you can actually achieve these metrics and maintain the adequate compensation for your services.
0: Oh, yes, I could not agree more. It's so beautifully said, and it's so great to hear it um, from the viewpoint of a provider, and I know many listeners out there are really going to listen to that and kind of take that in, and it's a good way you put it. I mean, what is your time worth? not only can it improve the patient care process, but like you said, spending that extra time, you could actually be losing more than you're gaining and kind of taking a different viewpoint when it comes to the financial aspect and the big decision. What would you say? I know, um, Dr. Hassanine, you have been a resource for quite a few physicians out there. They've contacted you. um, Looking for some advice, help, and tips. Um, What would be kind of your top three biggest questions that you get from other physicians or other physician entrepreneurs or others in your space that you get that you would like my audience to hear today. And you can answer those questions. My,
1: my, my top, my top um, uh, recommendation is focus on the patient's needs. We don't want to, in this busy environment, there's a lot of insurance issues, a lot of, of uh, healthcare issues to forget that the the focus is the patient. And when you focus on the patient, you really win at the end. So that's number one. Don't forget that the focus of everything we are doing is our patient. So that's number one. Number two, build bridges. Don't break, don't Break the bridges, build bridges <laughs> with with other physicians, referring physicians, of course, but physicians that offer services to your patients, your radiologists, your the radiologists, your surgeon, build bridges and be the maestro. So for me to do this, a lot of doctors are busy, but they need a maestro to coordinate the care. So if I focus on my patient and I could need the care of my patient, you know, the outcome is, is is very good. And number three, don't worry about the finances. You know, if you do it in, in that way, one thing pays for the other. And it's not like, you, you know, you're going to have issues with the finances. And we are an, a living proof of this. Yeah, you know, medicine, you don't get rich, but you you get uh, well enough to take care of your patients. And at the same time, you fulfill your your goals in life, which is why you you became a physician, you know, to take care of people. And, of course, through the process, it costs you a lot of money to be a physician, and you need to pay for all these things. And I can assure people that, I assure my colleagues, that this is not an issue with the type of a program that we are advocating. So to a certain extent, my my top three things is, you know, focus on the patient, build bridges, okay? And be confident, you will do fine. Outcomes will be better, payments will be better, you will always survive, and and you will be a valuable person in this whole, crazy, ongoing insurance and 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 medical care patients.
0: <laughs> right. There will always be challenges. <laughs> yeah, it's great advice. That's absolutely great advice. And I know many listeners out there are going to really think a little bit more. I love your approach. I mean, obviously it's clear that you spend a lot of time devoted to putting your patients first and really making sure you're improving, again, not only quality of life, but actually saving lives. And then I can tell that you probably have a great relationship with your team members and have really invested into them kind of your morals and how you guys approach patient care. And that's a huge reflection. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about Southern California Liver Centers just for our audience so they know your locations again and the services you provide for not only patients, but you know, some of these physicians listening may even want to connect with you um, to build referral relationships. So
1: I I can tell you that over the years we went from three, four people in the practice with one office. We are up to almost close to fifty people in seven in seven wow. centers.
2: Wow, that's great! And
1: over the years, people come and leave, and people come and leave, and the people who are strong believers in our approach this day. And I tend to call them the mm-hmm. backbones of the practice. And uh, we have I have nurse practitioners who who are dedicated that have been with me for over twenty five years. And I uh, have people been there for twenty years, fifteen years, ten years. And you can imagine it, it becomes a big family trying to achieve the same goal. That what's very interesting over the years, you 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 start you know uh, having the group growing with believers in your approach, and that makes life easier. Um, uh, always gets easier, not more difficult. It gets easier. They do, uh, they understand everything, and they understand the pathology. They, they do research. They publish. They speak in public. They do community services, and and so we have our seven centers. We have one in Coronado, in Coronado across San Diego, and in uh, we call it beautiful Coronado, and we have in Chula Vista. <laughs> we have in El Cajon. This is in the San Diego County. We have in Central and Calexco, east of San Diego. Up to 100, and 100 miles away, we have Orange County in San Clemente. We have a big office. We have an office in Riverside County that extends its services to Palm Springs, and so you can imagine we interact with uh, the with all health systems in the area, and we see patients uh, in in consultation in the hospital. We have liver support program in our hospital in Coronado that helps patients with uh, uh, toxic liver injuries. We have a a research uh, uh, arm for our group that offers patients cutting edge medicine. So we offer our services for patients with GI problems, standard problems, chronic problems, and of course, the whole gamut of chronic liver disease from early liver disease all the way to transplant and post-transplant care. Liver cancer is growing in the community. We have a liver cancer group that has five types of doctors meeting together to address the issue for the patient in what we call the liver cancer clinics. So to so this comprehensive type of care uh, we were allowed we most of us were academicians who left academia, got into the community and, and used a lot of academic approaches, a lot of academic protocols, and we have proven that we can do this outside of tertiary and university centers. We, we commit tremendously to care in the community. We have been putting cleaning programs, uh, uh, for no cost for the patients, and uh, for fatty liver, providing the best technology in in, in early diagnosis, and has been uh, really well perceived by the patients in the community. So, um, um, we have a website uh, www.livercenters.com, and you can see some of our. Uh, work in
2: that uh, area. Ah. That's excellent. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, no, you're, you're all really all over Southern California. It's yeah, what
0: incredible growth.
2: So so before we um, wrap up, because a lot of my focus is in the digital area, so I'm always interested, especially as we move into 2020 and technology is advanced, you've got more patients taking their own care into their hands, but you're in a very um, specialty-driven, referral-driven Market. What are y'all doing, or what do you see kind of happening? How are you leveraging, uh, whether it's digital marketing or just digital software, whether it's to reach new patients through your website or well, other it can outreach be educational things? Too. Yeah, edu- well, that's educational to support your existing patients. What are y'all doing? In the digital landscape, that say maybe you weren't doing five or ten years ago because of the way technology is advancing. What are you? What are you seeing that's been really effective? I,
1: I think uh, you know the the last five years have shown us tremendous uh, in, in, tremendous value for social media, and I can tell you, mm-hmm. I can tell you. Uh, we always did our marketing and our approach through the standard printing material, going to meetings, giving flyers, and now we are actually expanding in the social media, um, you know, uh, arena to reach more patients. And so we are developing, working with some consultants, and developing. Uh, more pub, more information about the common diseases uh, and and the the, the proper great. way of nutrition, the proper way of drinking alcohol, how to avoid liver issues, and we are trying to reach the different social media venues so we can get it out for the public. Um, uh, uh, That's fantastic. I, I can I can tell you. In the old days, you know, when we wanted a referral, we called a friend. Now everyone goes on the Internet and they find a, a tradition. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and so I think social media is important. We established an interesting program supported by the ECHO program from University of New Mexico. With that ECHO program, we reach physicians around the world that we do educational programs in nationally and internationally to physicians, to younger physicians, to physicians who need to build experience in chronic liver disease, chronic GI diseases. So we are very active with this ECHO program that any doctor in the community has a a computer and a a Wi-Fi they can connect to our programs. So to a certain extent, And we're getting smarter using the smart new ways of reaching colleagues, physicians, trainees, and of course, our patients.
2: Oh, That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah,
1: social
0: media is a powerful tool. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I like how you mentioned too that the content you're putting out there, sorry Justin, I mean jump in. No, it's in it's there.
2: that it's educational based. It's amazing mm-hmm. how hungry patients are to learn more about how they can improve their health and learn from experts like yourself. So it's just just putting that educational information out there. It's it's um it's very important.
0: Well, and I don't want to forget, we have to talk about this. Dr. Hassanine, tell us a little bit about this pretty awesome liver health fair that is coming up. I want to make sure the listeners know about it and what you are doing to help educate and raise awareness for liver disease using this liver health fair to connect with the community.
1: The, The idea of the health fair started with, you know, we all are aware that in the U.S., we have an epidemic of obesity. And obesity is, attached, at first, leads to what we call fatty liver. And fatty liver, in the old days, we never thought it is a problem. But now we understand that a very small subgroup of patients with fatty liver develop progressive liver disease, all the way to liver cancer and liver failure uh, over the lifetime. Wow. And and to increase the awareness. Since I'm in San Diego, in Chula Vista, close to the borders, we have a lot of uh, Latinos who live in the area. We have a lot of diabetes. We have a lot of obesity in our area. So uh, over the years, we, I, we, we noticed that there's tremendous numbers of fatty liver disease. So we offered a, a, a one-day free screening for anyone who wants to check the livers. We have a new technology oh. that can tell <laughs> us um, uh, um, how the liver looks, how much fat in the liver, how much scar tissue in the liver, which is very important to know. So we offer this. It looks like an ultrasound. It's not an ultrasound, but it is this new technology. And it can tell anyone if they're going to get into trouble with their liver or not. So to a certain extent, we offered oh, that that's... to the community. And we predicted we will get 30, 40 patients. If we'll get busy, we'll get a, a 50 patient in, in, in you know, in four or five hours. We ended up getting a hundred visitors.
2: Wow. And, and we offered wow, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, just by offering yeah. the resource. Wow. And, and um, we talked about the liver disease. We didn't know any of these hundred people. And we talked to them about the livers, what we found, and give them nutrition support, and we give them uh, flyers to go to their own physicians and tell them, oh, I have a liver problem, or no, my liver was healthy when I got checked. So to a certain extent, uh, we were really happy with it. And then that stimulated requests from the community to put more of these uh programs and not
0: screening resources yeah, yeah educational.
1: educational so now we are working uh, with different groups and how to uh you know to to make these screening programs easily uh, accessible and more frequent to help the patients in the community and we are working with the community organizations to help us sponsor some of
0: these events. Well, that sounds like a win-win for everyone because you're educating the patient. They're getting a health synopsis of what's going on. You're even connecting, again, back to their primary providers. They get this information. And then you guys, as the specialist, get to talk about what these results mean and ways they can improve yeah.
1: their health. So that's pretty and then, incredible.
0: And I know we're running out it. So oh, one, go ahead. one more
1: thing. When, if you want to check your liver and you go to your doctor... And the doctors, oh, I want to check my liver, he will say, Go and do this blood test. Blood tests in over fifty yeah. percent of patients with bad livers are normal. So a normal blood test doesn't exclude liver problems. That's what we recognize. And that's why we advocates we do oh. want this new technology to look at the liver, not only a blood test. So a normal blood test with a normal look at the liver tells you you don't have a liver problem. But a normal blood test alone is not enough.
0: Wow, I would never have known that. And that is something I guarantee so many individuals across the country had no idea. Thinking you're getting a blood test and... Would, you would assume that would give you a pretty good comprehensive view on how healthy your liver is but apparently not so that's important information to share
2: that is very interesting yeah.
0: well i want to thank you again for joining me today and i want to remind you please tell our listeners how they can find not only your amazing centers the southern california liver center the website and how they can connect with you on social media if, uh,
1: if you go to the the web www.com livercenters.com you will see where all our centers are you will see all the ways you can communicate with us perfect and, Excellent. and we have connections to the social media uh, and uh, publications there as well
2: excellent
0: and i will make sure i post those links in the show notes so you guys can not only click through to the website you can Connect with Dr. Tariq Hassanine. And you can also, if you are physician liaisons out there, he has an amazing community of physician liaisons. So get in touch if you're looking to build those referral relationships. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Hassanine. It was some incredible information, and I really loved hearing your approach and learning about we really do need to educate individuals, patients, and even physicians about liver disease and and some misconceptions that are out there. So thank you so much for joining us yes, today. Yes, thank
1: you very much. Thank you and it was it was my pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at Entropy.com. Com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks, check out my website, kellynott.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course